Good morning, everybody, live on this day before Easter. Happy Easter season and happy Passover season. And good morning and happy springtime. It's a beautiful time to be a Texan. Hope you're having a great week and weekend, and I hope we can be a part of it for you. So please pick up that phone and give us a call, 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones, and we are here to help you with lawn and garden questions. Jared, not so much on that topic. He is uh, the technician. He is the one who does the hard work. He's the one who keeps me on the air, things that I could not ever do if I had to. And uh, my goal is to help you with your plant questions. I deal with urban horticulture. I, I am not a pasture guy, not a chicken and, and uh, a farm guy at all. Uh, should be, but I'm not. Uh, strictly horticulture. Those are my two degrees were in, in horticulture. To be a greenhouse grower, and I never got there. I did this instead. Worked for seven years with the Extension Service as a first a county horticulturist then an area horticulturist serving 17 counties and then decided the media work was really kind of exciting and and branched off into that full time and have been doing that since 1978 when you heard most tenured that's what that means it means uh, the old goat and uh, not necessarily greatest of all time but the old goat so we're here to to visit hope you'll pick up the phone give a call this might be a day where it's hard to get calls you just never know 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. I see a lot of landscapes getting improved. I see a few that are getting started over, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you remodel a house. After 10 or 20 years, there are wear and tear that shows in a home indoors, and you say, I think it's time to freshen it up. Maybe you change a few pieces of furniture or the carpeting or the paint color. And uh, same is true outdoors. You say, I think it's time to freshen it up. We've pruned those shrubs too many times in that same shape, and they're getting worn out. Or uh, the, the trees have grown too tall, and those full sun shrubs just aren't happy any longer, or whatever it is. And so it becomes time then to, to make a change and to, uh, to get things looking better. So that's what I'm here for. I'll help you with that or any freeze damage things you need to talk about and uh, that, uh, where I can help. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. While we fill up the phone lines, we only have four of them. I hope we can fill them before we get the program underway. 888-256-1080. While we're doing that, why don't I take my first break, and then we'll come back and plunge right in. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my latest book, and I would love to get a copy in your hands. Still have lots of the springtime ahead, lots of landscaping ahead, lots of gardening ahead. And uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I self-published the book so I could make decisions. Wouldn't have to rely on committees at a publishing house. I had done that four times before and always came away very unfulfilled. You know, when you get committees involved in something, it just can be very frustrating. And that was the case in publishing books. So I decided I will self-publish this so that Carolyn Skye could be my editor and Cindy Smith, the graphic designer. I'd worked with them on many other projects, and I knew they were both the best in the business, and they both uh, enjoyed gardening and working on gardening publications. This book is a hardback. It has 344 pages and 840 of my photographs. It was printed in Texas. It has 11 chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you have to know in any parts of the book. So it applies to all the rest of the uh, other 10 chapters. Chapter two is a calendar of when to plant, 
prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants in your landscape and garden. I had somebody write to me this week and say, that chapter really helps me. I'm from, and I can't remember where they said they were from. It was up in the Midwest somewhere. And uh, knowing when to do things was the most difficult thing for me. Thank you for putting that in this uh, book. And then chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. An entire chapter for each of those topics. So there's what you find in the book. You also get with this book a signature. Ah, uh, my signature. It's not just signed. It's signed by Neil. That's I've always marveled at that. And uh, I don't sign them until I get the order. And so uh, if, uh, if you order today, I'll have it signed and in the mail early next week. That's how it works. I usually sign on Sunday evenings. I may wait till Monday this time around, but uh, sometime early in the week and we'll get it right to you. Uh, satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. I've told you this all the way through. Uh, with uh, six printings and 78,000 copies sold, I have yet to be asked for a refund. So I think you're going to like the book. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You order it by calling my office Monday through Friday, or by, uh, uh, better yet, ordering it directly from my website. Here's the best news of all. It's on sale right now at $36.95. That's all you pay, and it will make you a successful gardener, or I'll refund your money. $36.95, you call 800-752-GROW. Now, that's during the week, business hours. 800-752-4769. The better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Why should you pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own genuine Mueller building. Mueller. Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble and they're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution right in your own backyard and you don't have to pay for them month after month. With a variety of sizes avail available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you and they're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered, bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Get a free customized building estimate. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Mueller Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Kelly Robinson there. The phone number, I'm going to repeat it because we need another couple of calls, 888-256-1080, just like Kelly said, 888-256-1080. First call up today is Jerry in Dallas. Jerry, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, my question to you is I have an obsession, Nandina, about three and a half, four feet tall. It's doing well. 
but somehow I had some workers in my yard and got knocked over. So what I did, I thought, well, I'll stake it. And I staked it, but because of the twine, it looks like it's not full. And, and I was wanting to know, it, it just looks weird staked. So my question to you is, should I retransplant it? Oh, oh! in other words, it bent it over, leaned it over? Yes. Yeah, that's why I staked right. it. And it, it, I tried to push it back I up, see. but it wouldn't, wouldn't go. Sorry. Yeah. No, I got it now. I, I didn't understand. Um, yes, you should dig it and reset it. How long had it been where it is? Uh, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take a sharpshooter oh, spade. Hmm? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, it had been bent over for two weeks, but it's been in the ground for like, it's three and a half, four feet tall. So it's been in the ground for probably two and a half, three years at least. Hmm. All right. Uh, did the root ball get bent over or just the top? Uh, I could see a little bit of the root ball. All right. I'm going to, I have Nandinas all over my yard. I've grown Nandinas all of my life uh, from the time I was 12 years old on. So I know Nandinas quite well. Um, the problem is I can't see your specific Nandina. What fell on it, did you say? Well, I don't know. I, it had to be a worker who just probably fell on it. I had workers in my yard about a month ago, and it, they, I guess somehow it got bent over. It wasn't the wind, but it got bent over by half, probably one of those guys, and, and I didn't know about it, and I didn't or, notice it. About or a piece, it. Of, piece of equipment or something leaned on or something. Exactly. Right, are, the stems, are the stems cracked, or are they, they are nope. solid? No, it's solid. All right. Just answer me a few questions. I can give you an answer. It may be an answer that will surprise you. Um, is the plant, and this is going to seem very random, uh, just just play along with me. I have a reason for asking the next two or three questions. Okay. How many stems does the plant have? Oh, my Major God. It has coming up out of the ground. Oh, um, God, eight or nine. Okay. And how many of them are doing this leaning thing? All of them? The whole the whole plant leaned. All right. So it that might. Makes... Let me just just for an example, it might have been a piece of plywood that just laid down on it and pushed the whole thing over, or something, or a human that just laid down, fell down, and pushed the whole plant, yeah. every bit of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, have you pruned this ever? This plant ever? No. No. Okay, that's good. Um, I'm almost ready to give you my answer. Um, have you tried pushing from the other side to see if you can convince it it needs to be back straight as opposed to pulling it up? Have you tried pushing it even beyond the, the plumb line and, and see um, uh, stay there? Well, I, I pushed it straight up and it just Try sort to. of leaned back quite a bit the same right. same angle all right here here is my fallback and and this is the part that may surprise you i've just done this to about uh, probably 300 nandinas of three or four varieties you would be absolutely dazzled and amazed at how quickly you get a beautiful nandina back if you cut them to within two or three inches of the ground these these taller nandinas um 
And so the worst thing that, that you might have to do would be that, is cut it back quickly before much more new growth is produced and let it regrow. My bet would be that you'll be amazed at how beautiful it is by July. And certainly by this time next year, assuming it had some major calamity, but I'll bet by July. But in the meanwhile, what I would do is go out today and take away your your uh, uh, prop that you have, the, the tieback, and push right. on it down close to the ground on stem by stem and just gently push it as if it were soft plastic that, that you're trying to form into something. Push it back beyond the plumb line farther the other way gently maybe using two hands on a stem the tallest stem try the tallest stem first and hold one hand up maybe at 15 or 18 inches off the ground the other one maybe four inches off the ground and just try to convince it to go beyond it at a at 120 degrees and see if you can get it to stay there uh, okay if that works then try the next one and the next one if you end up having to prune the plant Take the, if you have 10 stems, take the tallest uh, six or seven of them clear to the ground, maybe an inch above the ground, and leave a few that are the nurse stems that are not quite so obviously leaning over and leave them there. They'll be fine. And, and, and maybe they're only six inches tall and, and then let the new ones form new shoots up. I just did this in the last two days to a bunch. I had a man who was working for me. Uh, for a couple hours. I had him do it to a whole bunch of compacta nandinas and umqua warriors, which are taller. And, oh my goodness, it's it, they're already, some of the ones that we did a couple weeks ago are already coming up and they've already grown a foot tall from the ground. So that's my long right. and good answer. You got the best answer I have. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Thank you so be, much. It won't. It it will not end up being a disaster. You'll be very happy in in twelve months. You'll say, "Well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was." Put put a high, <laughs> an all nitrogen fertilizer on it, Jerry, and water them right away. They're ready for that new growth. And put put a lawn fertilizer on it with no weed killer, and uh, and then water them to to get them or it to get get it started. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Bye. You bet. Gene and Sinton and another Gene spelled differently in Amarillo. We're going to go from one part of the state to another part of the state. Uh, stay with me and let me get this break out of the way and I'll come right to you. I uh, need to tell you about Fertilome right now and uh, Fertilome Crabgrass Preventer with Lawn Food. Right here we go. Uh, this is a great time to make the first application of lawn food for the year, and you can also continue on with your weed prevention program. Fertilome Crabgrass Preventer plus Lawn Food contains Dimension. You may have used Dimension uh, six or seven weeks ago to prevent, if you're in parts of Texas, to prevent those unsightly weeds like crabgrass from popping up. Also contains a slow-release 2003 fertilizer that will green up your lawn and keep it fed for up to eight weeks. Apply it now to landscaped areas, established lawns, and ornamental turf. And soon your lawn will be beautiful and weed-free for up to four months. For best results, apply Fertilone Crabgrass Preventer plus Lawn Food within a few days after mowing and delay mowing again for a few days after the application and then water it in. Water it in right after you put it out. No matter where you live, anywhere in this great state of Texas, this is a great product. You can find Fertilone products all over Texas. They are Texas made and uh, your independent retail garden center, hardware store, or, uh, or, or feed store 
handles fertile loam and high yield products. Locally, local independently owned feed stores, nurseries, and hardware stores handle the fertile loam and high yield products, and they are the people you want to be dealing with. Those are your local merchants. Fertile loam, crabgrass preventer, plus lawn food containing dimension. Ask for it by name. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we are ready to go back to the phone lines. We go to Gene in Sinton. Gene, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? I need the variety of an avocado tree for down here and an orange tree. And I need the name of the ones that would be the hardest to kill. These are gifts for a niece that is uh, challenged for gardening. All right. Turn your radio off, if you will. It's coming back through my headphones. It's kind of hard to talk okay. over. Uh, I am going to, I want to give you a reference that will have more information on, on both of those than I do. Um, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and so I do not speak avocado very well, and I don't speak orange very well. Okay. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, there, is a, there is a really good uh, compendium of uh, fruit and pecan information, citrus, the whole works. And it okay. is, this, this, are you able to write right now? Yes, sir. I have, that's why I had okay. to turn the radio down to get to a piece of paper. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, if you will search uh, Aggie Horticulture, Aggie Horticulture, Texas A&M, fruit and nut resources. There's no number on this. There will be numbers on the two bulletins okay. I'm going to give you, or one of them anyway. Um and it is a list of all of their publications that they have on the various fruit crops, for example. And, and, and then there's a link to every one of them. Apples, avocados, blackberries, blueberries, figs, pierced disease, tolerant grapes, the whole works, all the way through to mayhaws and mangoes and jujubes, everything. All right, so that, that I leave bookmarked on my, on my desktop because I use that a lot. But uh, anyway, so that's it's fruit and nut fact sheets, fruit and nut resources. Okay. So now I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the one on avocados, and it does have a specific number. It is just called avocados, and it is E as in Edward H T dash zero one eight. Okay. And uh, it is called avocados. And if you scroll down, it has a wonderful chart that talks about the Mexican Guatemala, uh, Mexican Guatemalan and Mexican um, uh, avocados. And then the uh, uh, the others. Actually, that's a hybrid. The hybrids. Uh, Guatemalans are not as winter hardy. Mexicans are more so. And okay. they're going to be a challenge because you get a winter like we had two years ago, you're going to lose all of them. Any of well, them. or even so this be year. Very, very careful. Yeah, yeah this year at, at Christmas we had we had a lot of loss yep. also. But it also tells you how to protect. It tells you how to get them started. And uh, that's a it's a wonderful fact sheet. It thing is. Okay. Ten pages long, eight pages long, and has pretty much everything you need. Finding them will be a, a little bit of a challenge. And then let me go back and see what they have on oranges, because oranges have, have always been a, the citrus crops. Uh, I would I would very much suggest that you go with, uh, for the, uh, let me see what I'm, the one I want to find, if they have a fact sheet. Uh, they do have they have oranges and mandarins. The mandarins are going to be the most winter hardy. 
uh, event. Really? Them. And, and so that's probably, yeah, that's probably where you... Okay. That one is an older, that's an older publication. And so I don't know if it's going to have some of the newer ones, but but there are some there are some really good I have in my book uh, some of the newer selections that have been introduced by uh, some of the Texas nurseries. I think you'll find those uh, pretty widely available in your deep South Texas sure. nurseries. Um, so I'm uh, anyway, you get to that the fruit and nut resources thing. I, it's just I can't do it while I'm live on the air. I just no, can't okay. scan through that much that quickly. I may get her but to do it. Do the uh, do the satsumas, and and that's where you'll find the best. They're they're not oranges. They're they're uh, no, I know what they are. Yeah, tangerines. Yeah, and they're fabulous. They are really fabulous. My good friend Dr. Steve George, who is up here, lives within eight or ten miles of me. Uh, Steve has convinced a lot of us to grow satsumas um, okay. in our area we have to leave them in containers and move them in and out when it freezes in your area obviously they would do well outdoors but anyway that would well, be anyway, where I, I would start okay well i thank you appreciate it well you are welcome you hit me on two of my not strongest points so well and my I'll and my, i had called you a couple of weeks ago about my natchez uh crepe myrtles they finally decided that they're going to come out beautifully Good. Well, yeah. that's, uh, I would say, one of my stronger points. So I can help you more on crepe myrtles than I can on uh, on avocados. So you got lucky on that <laughs> well, one. Well, I appreciate it, Gene. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, we go to Gene in Amarillo. Uh, Gene, before I come to you in Amarillo, let me give the phone number, if you will, please. It is toll-free anywhere you can hear me. Haven't had any calls from College Station, nor have we had any from uh, uh, from Alpine yet, two places, or Brenham. 888-256-1080, two places that often call, and Crockett, East Texas, 888-256-1080, we go to Amarillo. Gene, this is Neil, good morning. Good morning from dustless skies in the panhandle. The sky is actually blue is today. <laughs> All right, I like it, that's good, no dust. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> Say, uh, friend yes, I'll bet. A friend was having some construction done, and he had tulips and he was just going to let him dig them up and all. So I dug them up and I took them home without decided to bloom. So I cut off the blooms. I planted to make sure they get water and all. How are they going to do since I dug them up early? I know it's not quite the time for tulips. Right. Well, I've always made it my practice to be honest with callers. I, I think you're facing a really strong challenge. Uh, you are in a okay. colder part of Texas, obviously, and that works in the behalf of tulips. Tulips are not happy with Texas because we are very warm uh, for them. We're too warm in the winter. We're too warm in the summer. And uh, they come from a much colder part of the world. And so almost all of, uh, almost all of America and, and certainly all of Texas treats them as annuals. We, we plant them in the fall. We enjoy them in the spring and we we discard them at that point the the big botanic gardens the big commercial landscapes may plant thousands of them and and they discard them afterwards um, and and the reason is they don't rebloom um, they 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 require pre-chilling meaning that they have to go into the refrigerator for 45 days at 45 degrees to give them an artificial winter uh, that may not be quite as necessary in Amarillo as it would in almost all of the rest of Texas, 
but nonetheless, I, I still don't think you're going to get them to rebloom very well, and especially having done yeah. them out of cycle like you have. So don't, right. don't expect yeah. a lot, and, and be surprised if they do well. I'd, I'd, I'd rather let you down easy, and hopefully, right. they, hopefully <laughs> they will do well, but I, I wouldn't hold a lot of hope for it. Yeah, well, these have been there for years, and they've bloomed for years. So we're the way he's had them. Good. So, uh, well, there I, are some I, I species. Hope... There are species tulips that do bloom well. Our neighbors oh, have long since uh, moved away, and and the house has been abandoned and torn down, and their tulips uh, come back uh, uh, year after year. And and so there are some species tulips that will come back, but uh, most don't. But good. Well, yeah, I'll, that, see, I'll see if I'm pleasantly surprised. Behalf. I'll see if I'm pleasantly surprised uh, next spring and see if I if I get something coming back up. So I hope I, I'm you are. That I got marked. Uh, I got marked of when I need to start spraying for for uh, for nut grass. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to get that stuff one one day. I know, but it'll take a little bit. You can get it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Thank deal. you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Appreciate the call. All right, folks, all lines are open right now. When I said I could use some calls, I meant it. I can use some calls. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We'll take a break. Hopefully, we'll have some calls on the other side. 888-256-1080. Let me uh, visit with you for just a moment about the uh, the book, my book, and to try to get a, a copy in your hand. I chose when I published this book not to put it in bookstores and not to put it on Amazon. And the reason is, uh, first of all, I, I would have had to go through a publishing house. I do not have a sales force to go out and call on all the book distributors. Uh, I didn't want to hire somebody to do that for me or some bodies. Um, I just, that would have run the cost up. I didn't want to pay a distributor to, to do that work. I didn't want to pay the bookstores for their markup or you to have to pay. Uh, I didn't want to have to do all of that because that would have made the book more and more and more expensive for you. And, and there are people who uh, I'm sure are thinking, oh, he just wants to make the maximum dollars. No, not at all. I'm, I'm, not at all making the maximum dollars because I have not sold nearly as many copies of this book as I would have had I gone through a publishing house. Um, but I've also been able to, on the positive side, do a couple of things that were very important to me. One of them was I made all the decisions on what went into the book. There were no committees figuring ways to, to cut corners on the book, to make it shorter, to uh, use a cheaper paper, to make it a paperback, to gang photo, color photos all into one part of the book, to do this, do that. I had been down that road, and I wasn't happy on that road. It was a, a muddy, bumpy road. And so I decided I'm going to self-publish. I'll have to pay ahead of time to print the book, but I'll make the decisions. And I'm thrilled. I got to pick my editor and graphic designer, and the book is the book I always wanted in the first place. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I don't uh, please don't buy the book that is marked as complete guide to Texas gardening. I get a royalty on that book. I'll make money on that book. I'll be happy. It's a good book, but it's also a quarter century older than this book. And uh, so this is the one you want. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. The other reason, not only is this a much better book at a lower price, but it also this book also uh uh, uh lets me sign every copy because I have them in my possession in my garage waiting. I have a signing table there and Zeus the dog and I sign 
two times a week, and then we take them to the post office. This is Small Business America, and I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier. So, satisfaction guaranteed or full refund. Books only $36.95 covers all aspects of outdoor gardening. Everything from lawns and landscapes to fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. 840 photos, 344 pages. It's a hardback, and you will be happy with it, or I'll pay you back. I'll buy it back from you. Full price. Everything. So, here are the two ways you can order it, since it's not on Amazon, not in stores. You can call my office, or you can order it from my website. The website is the better way. The website is neilsperry.com. The office phone number, weekdays, only open Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. But I hope you'll uh, go to my website instead. And that is N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's uh, do call. have uh, room for uh, two calls right now. 888-256-1080. Room on the phone lines and room on the clock. 888-256-1080. Clinton is in Caldwell. Clinton, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, Hi there. How can I help? Hello. Yeah, I was um, calling about my my lawn. Um, I aerated earlier this month. I mean, um, early March. And then I realized that somebody said that I should have waited to, uh, th- you know, that I wanted to. I have almost all Bermuda. Bermuda that it didn't, it probably won't do as good unless, uh, unless I waited till it was thriving to get it done. And I was asking your opinion I, about that. I don't think that matters. You're, you're, uh, uh, if you had a need to aerate the soil, uh, it doesn't matter when you do it. You, you're getting oxygen and, and water into the ground. Uh, what was the reason for aerating? Um, to just, uh, help the roots multiply. I have a, pretty pretty uh lots of clay and i um also went back and tried to put some uh powdered gypsum on top is that would that do any good or do i need to rake it all in and and uh or does it you know i I put it out just on top on the top and then try to water it in to get down into those holes and hopefully make a difference all right uh well number one if uh if you have (laughs) If you have a known reason for aerating, for example, if the soil is extremely compacted from pedestrian traffic, for example, at the state fair, at the end of the state fair, there are areas that are just packed solid because of people walking across them. They need to use aeration to to open up that soil. Or if you have thatch that has accumulated, thatch is undecomposed organic matter beneath the runners and on top of the soil. It's not the stubble from the winter, it's it's something entirely different. If you have thatch, and Bermuda grass will develop a thatch layer, uh, if, you, if you can see that you have a thatch layer that is keeping water and, and keeping the nutrients from getting into the soil, those are reasons you would want to aerate. And those can be done, it can be done in March or April. If you ask me the best time, I probably would say April, but it's not a huge difference. Doesn't matter. I have never felt the need to aerate my soil, my my lawn. Uh, I've had uh, a lawn in heavy, heavy clay for 
52 years and I've never felt the need to aerate. Uh, I tried uh, at one point to use gypsum to see if it, uh, this is when I worked for the extension service. My research was not uh, thorough. Uh, it was not uh, double blind and, and uh, all detail like A&M would normally do research. It was rather casual research, but I did not see any benefit from using gypsum as a soil amendment uh, or soil additive to loosen soil. Uh, and I did a lot of research online as to whether gypsum would help loosen a clay soil because it does make that claim. And I don't see anything from land-grant schools. Now, I haven't looked for five or ten years, but, but when I did look, I turned it down as an advertiser because I couldn't find any validation from any, any land-grant university, ag university, saying that it would do that. What it does do to the benefit, uh, it, uh, a, a reason for using gypsum would be if you have a high sodium content in the soil, it will replace the sodium and, uh, and uh, put calcium in the soil, which is harmless compared to sodium. It's a lot less harmful. And uh, so that's a benefit or, you know, that gets rid of a negative, but it does nothing to loosen the soil. So in both cases, I, I don't know that you necessarily had to do what you uh, have done, but I don't think you hurt anything at all. So I wear you out with my answer. No, sir. No, sir. I just uh, can't seem to get the Bermuda to grow as good as another part of my yard that I actually, when I built the yard, I, a friend of mine had some extra soil and uh, uh, black land soil, and he brought it over, and I put it in in a certain area, and that that area grows grass like nobody's business, but I just can't get it to hardly do that good in other parts of the yard. Okay, so, so where the soil was added, the black land uh, is doing fine. The other areas are not doing well, and, and that's, right. that's where yes, you're sir. doing all the aeration things. All right, you might, uh, what, what kind of soil are those other, what kind of soil is in that, uh, the other areas? Can't get my ground. Reddish clay. There. Reddish right. clay with a little, little bit of topsoil, not much. All right. I just wonder if you have, you know, it may be that you just don't have much soil there to hold nitrogen or, or something else. It could be, uh, could be rocky underneath or there are lots of possibilities that could be causing the issue without it being, uh, compaction. So the whole lawn is uh, on like a slant. And so, uh, okay. when I get a rain, you know, it takes all the dead grass and I'm sure it takes any, any kind of, um, uh, fertilizer that I had that hadn't, you know, broke down yet. And I'm thinking with that hard surface that when I get that rain and it all rinses down the hill, uh, it's not a big fine, but everything goes away. I'm thinking that has something to do with it too. Well, let me, let me give you a suggestion that might help. Uh, do you have a sprinkler system or are you doing it with a hose? I'm doing it with a hose. All right. Uh, when you fertilize, make sure that you don't fertilize ahead of a rain. Try not to time it ahead of a rain. Uh, do it so you can control the amount of water that goes on. Use a high-quality fertilizer where you have slow-release nitrogen and, and fast-release both, maybe 30 35% slow-release, and then water modestly, not very heavily. Don't, don't let it run off. Let that get soaked and, and soaked into the soil. Um, 
and that's the reason you don't want to water right ahead of a heavy rain. You don't want it to come along and just wash that off right away. If you can get it wet and dissolved and into the top surface of the soil, the next heavy rain is not as likely to, to leach it and wash it away. That will help it. And in fact, if you can water it, then wait an hour or two or a day and come back and water it moderately again. Two medium or light waterings in that kind of a situation will be better than one heavy watering. It makes a little extra work for you, but it will get the fertilizer in better. I would suggest to you try fertilizing uh, this year, uh, going into at least to midsummer, try fertilizing more often and less at a time. Don't put as much on and, and do it a little more often. I'm really not trying to make all that you, but I think you'll get better results. And, and that'll keep that food sustained and, and coming along. So instead of going maybe three months between feedings, maybe go seven or eight weeks between feedings and use an all-nitrogen, high-quality all-nitrogen fertilizer. Yes, sir. What was the one you suggested earlier? I put out the uh, pre-emerge, but uh, it was a winterized um and I guess it maybe uh, what, it's been the ad that I yeah the ad that I did was for Fertilone crabgrass preventer with fertilizer and it was it was a twenty zero three fertilizer and that is a high nitrogen uh, in fact it has no phosphorus you don't want the middle number particularly you want the first number to be very high so yes, uh, that that would be a possibility I've got one more break I need to get in here but but that's what I would do and uh, I think you'll see a, a marked result. Uh, difference, but gypsum is not going to help you, and aeration might, but uh, but I'd try it without any more aeration, and, and uh, your uh, pre-emergent timing uh, in, in this sort of setting would be, uh, uh, for you in, in Caldwell, would be uh, March 1, uh, June 1, September 1, those three times. March 1, this, June, uh, 1. June 1, and what was yeah, the third one? I've got a, September 1 for the winter weeds. i got to get okay. this break in, okay, so i got to run. Thank I appreciate you. your call. You bet. My e, uh, electronic newsletter is eGardens. It is free. It comes from my computer to your email. It's Thursday nights. Look at it on my website. That's where you sign up for it, and I'll let it do its own talking to you. I hope you will look at it because it's a great newsletter. I work about a day and a half or two days a week getting it ready for you. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. And now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Mueller's easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes. From little 6 by 9 that's too small, get a big one, a nice one, a 12 by 21 there you go. They feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-263-3553. MuellerInc.com. More after this. 
All right. I guess they kind of melded together there, didn't they? Well, obviously, we are out of time for this week, and I hope that you will join us next Saturday. It has been a pleasure being with you. Jared Taylor, hope you have a, a great Easter. Folks, to all of you, I hope you have a wonderful Easter. If you are Jewish, a wonderful Passover as well. Thank you so much for listening. Beautiful time of year. Until next week, happy gardening.